Yo, 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 yo. Whether you're wearing pants or not, welcome to No Pants Required. I'm your host, X3C, and thanks for joining, you beautiful humans. Today's episode, we're going to have a conversation about money. Why not? But before we do that, let's talk about the quickie. And today's quickie is about me, COVID, and 2022. You may ask yourself, what does all three of those things have in common? I'll tell you shenanigans. That's what all three of those things have in common. Straight shenanigans. So I come to the realization that maybe there was some pent up energy as it relates to myself and how I was really, I thought, under control <laughs> in terms of my spending habits, um, protecting myself from getting COVID and or doing things not too air quote risque. And 2020 started and some of those things went out the window. So back up a slight, I, at the beginning of COVID, um, you know, like many of us like-minded folks was really, you know, listening to the the science and the experts and, and trying to ensure that we were protecting ourselves, but more importantly, protecting others by not doing things to harm ourselves and then subsequently harm others who could be potentially have a lower immune capacity to defend defend themselves. And, um, you know, went through that journey, like everyone else around the world, um, went through 2020 with, you know, some of those learning experiences that we all learned. And then 2021 started and I had some physical health issues, not COVID related, along well, two of them actually for almost eight months of the year. And didn't leave me much time to like travel. I had to cancel a lot of different activities that I wanted to do. Um, and subsequently, you know, I, I really saved a lot of money. I learned a lot of different things, having a lot of conversations with people, which is part of why this episode exists. And I decided that, you know, it was really good for me to stay focused and, and, and to, to stay on that grind. Um, I even launched this podcast during that time frame. So, you know, I was really on a mission here. And then 2022 happened, and it's almost like, you know, I was that caterpillar that transformed into this nice, shiny, glistening <laughs> butterfly that wanted to leave the nest and explore. And I did just that, starting in the beginning of 2022. So not going to go through the whole my life history here, but, you know, I really realized that because I was, I won't say distracted, but there were other things. And, and in some cases, we couldn't with the lockdowns and different situations, avoiding people, avoiding large crowds, avoiding situations to catch COVID and or spread it, um, you know, help me again, stay focused. But, but then 2020, 2022 came and I literally just wanted to go. And I did that. And I started spending money and started spending lots of it. And so some of the things I've been talking about, the things I've learned, the ideals that I've put in place kind of sort of went out the window 
this year. And I'm now putting myself back together and, and say, okay, hey, you had your fun. But I, I it's it's it was that challenge of I wanted to get out and just go and do things because I maybe subconsciously I felt I was weren't able to do those things the past two years. And 2022, I just was doing it all. So yes, I I have I have been a little bit off track with my plans. I have literally done some things I talk about not doing. And I realized that. So here to say for today's quickie, I have been a mess. <laughs> but I understand the mess and I am working to will, you know, pull myself back in and restart my plan. And I'm not going to wait until some New Year's resolution to do that. I'm going to do it now, right? And I, I understand there are things that I'm going to continue to do for this year, but I can also still execute towards my plan. And so um, just, I think this episode is going to give you guys hope. Um, and I hope that with this quickie, you know, you could think of your experiences, you know, over the past two years or now, and you also may be off track. Don't worry. Don't fret. You can always restart the plan. We can make mistakes throughout our time and throughout our, you know, if you have a goal, we could, you, you can, there are times where we may make, make mistakes, right? Uh, we may not reach that targeted goal. It's fine. Do not overstress, overanalyze it. Just pull yourself back together and continue to execute the plan. And that's the quickie for today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and others. I have said this on the podcast maybe 10 plus times. I have said this to my friends maybe a thousand times. I have said this to family members countless times. I talk about money all the time. Not in the pursuit of it, in the understanding of it. Not just the understanding of how to gain and acquire more money. That's part of it. But the other side, I talk about money to understand the psyche of others and myself. What money can do for you, what money is doing for you, hell, what it may be doing that may not be good for you. Nonetheless, it's a money conversation. And, you know, as I stated, I've chatted with many people about this, right? I often talk about like promotions or if I'm seeking a promotion, I like to have that conversation. For me, it's helping me work through my course of action, my plan. Also, I think that it's helping others who may be going through the same thing or in the future may experience this. So they can think of the ideas that I shared as a baseline for their situation. So I share money matters with my friends and family. Shockingly, shockingly, many do not. And I often ask, why not? Why is that? Why can't we have money conversations? 
why are many uncomfortable with money conversations? So I have a secret, special secret to tell. But you have to wait until the end of the episode to find out more. So friendly reminder, I am not a financial expert. I'm just sharing information from my perspective and strategies I find and others find successful. So think about success. Think about whatever that means to you. So I'm going to take, I'm going to give you an example about money conversations in the workplace. So if you ask for it, you get it. What am I talking about? A raise. So there have been, I've heard many accounts of, and sometimes, hell, oftentimes it comes across as a race issue. And I often think, I don't know if that's to be accurate. Now, granted, this is not my situation. These are situations that happen to others. And as being a third party or someone who's not a part of the situation, I can't 100% say this is for certain, but this is just my account. I think when many folks go into a new job or a promotion, the salary that is offered is often a number that's more than what the individual is making. And so they're super excited to accept that. But that's not always the end of it. You can ask for more. And not just an increase in the actual salary. You can ask for more in terms of other benefits, other financial benefits or non-financial benefits that can help you, your life, your family, your legacy. And so an example, if someone is promoted, like within, you know, two years, maybe they were promoted two years ago and they work in a job and they come to find out an individual who just was recently promoted within the last three months is actually making more money than them. And I'm here to tell you, it can be for a variety of reasons. Do not assume that reason is race. Think about it. Sometimes individuals are better at negotiating than you are. They are also or could be better at negotiating the previous job that they came from. Think about how this can have an effect on your future compensation. So go through the door and you ask for what you want. You ask for that raise. So I think about when I have conversations, I don't ask the question about how much a person make. No, not necessarily. I have my ways to get in that answer. <laughs> and I don't need to know the exact number. I kind of need to just know the range. And I like to know the range based on the industry the individuals work. I'm not looking to know what the person is making. I'm, I'm really interested in knowing if where I am in my industry is on parallel or if I'm in a wrong industry, you know, I'm just, I look at it for those perspectives. I'm looking at it from a data perspective where I'm comparing industries 
to another industry, ranges, low end, high end, that sort of thing. Not necessarily concerned with knowing exactly what a person makes. I don't care. But I do care about the potential, that range. That gives me hope in my career or in my industry. So that's how I think about it. And so when I talk about money, I'm looking at it from a different, it's never one way for me. It's, again, a variety of reasons. And I'm hoping that when you guys think about money, think about it and how it can benefit yourself, but also don't fall in, in, a, in some type of trap or endangerment where you feel it controls you and your everyday movement and your everyday life. Hell, newsflash. You guys listening? We are all going to die. <laughs> and when we leave, the money will still be here. Either in some account or in some safe you have stashed under your mattress or in a safe deposit box or wherever you keep it. It's going to be here or it's not going to be here. Whatever you, you know, you leave or not leave. So for me, I keep all that in perspective. It's, it's that, that real balance of living and saving for the future. Because you need to do that. Because we don't know how long we're going to live. We need to prepare ourselves so we can live in a certain way if you are even working towards that. Hell, you may not even care about the, the way, air quote, standard of living. And I'm not judging anyone for that. So do whatever you want to do. I'm just saying I'm keeping a balance of whether to spend and save how much of either and you know in what category I put my money. And I've talked about this in other podcast episodes, in particularly I talked about this in the episode called Money Talk Money Heist. So if you guys can or have not heard that episode Give it a shout. I really did try my best to give information to help you guys with planning, developing spend plans, financial plans, the 50, 30, 20 plan. Like I I believe in it and I actually follow many of the things I've said in, 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 the, in that episode. But I also keep it as a balance. Well, I am, am full awareness that we're going to perish this planet return to the planet so I need to enjoy it while I can with that balance. All right. So I do, I just wanted, I mean, it's just for something that was just burning on me that I really want to cover when it comes to a, a raise or someone making more money than an individual who is in this job. And we got to think about a lot of things, longevity, um, where did they come from, their previous experience, or you fresh out of college, like it's a bunch of things to consider there, Right. So consider all those things as you are navigating your compensation um, request for um, a potential job or a promotion. Something else that had that had me thinking was, you know, I've been I'm, I'm interested in wealth, but not necessarily to become wealthy. It's more of me just by again data, and so here we go. Just indulge me here while I dive down the rabbit hole for a second. So according to Charles Schwab, in the United States, overall, it takes a net worth of $2.2 million to be considered, this is air quote, wealthy by other Americans. This is up, by the way, from $1.9 million. 
Now, now nah, these numbers are big, right? I actually posted a meme, which is funny to think about it. Um, recently, in a meme, it talked about how I'm on Zillow, um, swiping through homes, and I see a home for four point seven million dollars, and I'm like, "Oh, that's not bad." In my brain, I'm thinking, "Oh, that's not bad." Can I afford four point seven million dollars for a home? That's a negative. But somehow, in my brain, I'm like, "Oh, that's not bad. Four point seven million dollars." I think, you know, we see these type of things with the television shows, social media, we we see the wealthy all around us. And I do think we got this somewhat warped sense of reality where we think we live in this millionaire world, um, but we really don't. But I started thinking, then what do we need to do to get there? And that's why these numbers became intriguing for me. How to live wealthy or what is this air quote wealth target, if you will, um, and so I obviously, I know San Francisco, California is one of the highest. And so I just want to just dive through the list. I go through the top 12 here. San Francisco, 5.1 million is what it's considered to be wealthy in San Francisco. Southern California, that's Los Angeles and San Diego, 3.9 million. Interesting. That's a big difference there in the two. Um, and one could understand why many of the tech companies and many of the things we use and Apple, Google, Facebook, Uber, are headquartered in San Francisco. And that's just the name of few. And it's San Francisco area, the Bay Area, not the proper. New York City, 3.4 million. Washington, D.C., 3.3 million. Seattle, 3.2 million. Shout out to Microsoft, Starbucks, Amazon, Boeing. I mean, Seattle got a lot. Phoenix, 2.7. That is a fast-growing city there. Boston, 2.7. Dallas, 2.6, Houston, 2.6, Atlanta, 2.5, Chicago, 2.5, and Denver, 2.3. These are the numbers in millions that are considered from a survey this year of what's considered to be wealthy in the United States. Now, obviously, you have, you know, this excellent amount millions in your bank account, you wealthy, right? But but ultimately, it's really the net worth is measured really by the value of your assets that you own, minus the liabilities that you owe. And so if you have property that's paid off, a home, for example, that's worth $1.1 million, hell, you're on your way. If it's $1.5 million in Denver, you're on your way. You're halfway there <laughs> to be considered wealthy. But just imagine that, having a home paid off that's in value $1.5 million, you're not considered wealthy in some cities. Just imagine that. So you think about that, your home it's paid off, investments you own, money you saved, and other assets that you have that you also own. All of that totaling to the numbers we mentioned in these cities is considered wealthy. I think that's, A, I find it fascinating Part me think that these numbers would be higher. And maybe again, my sense of warp here is because, you know, I see and I hear numbers like this thrown around different conversations. Um, but to actually have these things paid off and 2.3 million, 2.6, I think that's it's pretty reasonable. I mean, if you work a job 
in your career and you invest pretty well up to 15% for your retirement and you get some level of matching funds from your company or organization, you, know, you do that for like 15, 20 years. I have not done the math here, but rest, rest assured, I, I'm assuming it will dramatically help you get to one of these levels by retirement. Now, granted, this is by retirement in this scenario, not right now. So um, just keep that in mind. So I do find it fascinating to to know these numbers because with data is now, it gives me passion to strive to try to achieve one of these numbers. Now, I don't know if I will or will not reach this in my lifetime, but I will try to hit one of these targets through, again, property, savings, investments, other assets, and retirement. Like like all of those things combined, just maybe, just maybe I can get there. All right, so I do want to explore a few areas. I want to talk about why many avoid money conversations. It's just me thinking, why do many avoid money conversations? And first thing came to me was anxiety because it's difficult and uncomfortable. Therefore, I will avoid it. That's interesting. I like to address things head on. Not necessarily at that moment. There are times where I want to step back, think about it. I need time to gather my thoughts. I need time to read some stuff, to figure things out, become more aware. But then I can have that conversation. But I think many avoid the money conversation because of anxiety. Sadly, I also think many want to protect their social status. Look. Why do you care? Why do you care what someone think about you and where you are? You don't know how they got there. You know if that money was in a trust, that money was donated, they won a lottery and secretly didn't tell anyone, everything in their home is on credit cards, you don't know. So why are we comparing ourselves to these individuals? Make your plan and execute your plan. Another thing I thought about was fear of judgment, somewhat similar to social media, but, you know, folks think of what others would think about them. I can tell you, I don't care. I may have actually said that, but I don't care. I don't care. I don't really care if someone think of anything negatively of me. That's their opinion. I may think something negative of what they're wearing, right? Though I don't judge. <laughs> In my head, I do. Not allowed. All the time. But sometimes I do look in good and bad situations because I just I just like to observe things. And I do think fear of judgment harms individuals in their thinking about how money can if they're not perceived in, in a position they you know they should be. Um I also think talking about money for some people is considered tacky or poor manners and really in some cases uncultured. And I get it, you know, there are cultures that avoid those kind of conversations. There are people who are, you know, who are just bad at it. And so they just don't want to talk about it. And it, But the, the part that fi I find annoying 
is those who think talking about money is tacky or poor manners. No, it's not. It's how you deliver it. It's how you ask the question. And I'll get to that in a minute. So I do think that, eh, I don't like it. Right, so seriously, so I also think people avoid it because they're literally confused. They don't know what to do because there's so many different opinions out there. There are a lot of talking heads, hey, like me, <laughs> out there talking about money. And there are so many options for which they don't know where the, it's going to work or not. So it can be a challenge, I think, for some to establish or, or investigate that first step necessary to having that conversation. Don't fret. I'm here to help. Um, but before I do that, I do want to explore something else. And I kind of somewhat figured this out on my own just by watching. And then it had me thinking about, it had me, actually, I started thinking about how, what is the number one factor? So I did some research to explore why almost every relationship ends because of money. This becomes more serious in relationships. And when I mean relationships, I'm not just talking about a partner or a spouse. I'm talking about a friend or a family member. It's a relationship, a relationships. Almost all the relationships that end badly has something to do with money. But yet we don't want to talk about money. How ironic is that? So we don't want to have the conversation about money. Because some people have anxiety and they have fear and they're uncomfortable and social pressures and blah, blah, blah. But then the relationships end because of the money or the lack of the money or the lack of the money conversations. Folks, look, I got a secret. Just stay there. I'm getting there. I'm going to share it at the end. I got you. Trust me, I got you. So we talked about these negative things a little bit. Let's talk about exploring some healthy money conversations in the form of questions. So you may not want to directly ask someone something, but you kind of sort of want to know the general idea around it. So why not ask this question? Were you taught lessons in financial literacy? You can phrase it however you want. Recently, as a kid, in the family, at school, however you want to phrase it, right? Were you taught lessons in financial literacy? Just ask that question. That's just, a again, it's a money conversation. It's a way to start the dialogue. Did your childhood feel financially secure? Now, granted, if you don't know you're poor or you are middle class in some way, your family provided a well-balanced environment for you, then, you know, in some cases you may not know, but it is good to ask the question of others just to see and do comparisons and say, oh, I'm not so far apart. Are we not, you know, I, it was a great living for me. In some cases you may think, wow, I actually lived a really good life, though you complained, 
right? So did you or you know, did your childhood feel financially secure? Another that's a question to ask, right? Another question, I think it's a really good one. What's your first money memory? Now, this is really just having a dialogue about like if someone started a business as a kid or um what he was saving money from, you know, the chores they did around the home or they did activities or walk dogs or babysat individuals in their neighborhood. Like it, it's, it's just a way to talk about entrepreneurship as a kid and money as a kid and how you came to the understanding of money. Again, money conversation. So if you think you want to have a conversation about something, but you don't want to directly go at it, ask some general questions and ask some general questions of your friends, family, coworkers, whatever the case is, feel comfortable with having that conversation. So earlier in the episode, I did mention that I had a secret, special secret as it relates to money conversation. Here it is. Just have the chat. <laughs> Just have the chat. That's the secret, right? There's really no secret there. Just have the conversation. All you need to do is open your mouth and say the words. Let's have money conversations, right? It's easy. And you don't know where that's going to go. It may go wherever. Just just get on that train and ride it, right? Explore. Be spontaneous. Take that journey. So if culturally money conversations are taboo, ask the question respectively, why? Why is this a taboo topic? Why can't we know about this? Or why don't you want to share this information with me? It's for your understanding, not for their embarrassment or their lack, lack of knowledge. <laughs> it's just for your understanding so you are aware how to handle that situation or that relationship. When you can't get better, I think it's because we don't share understanding especially life lessons that can be truly helpful to others. You don't give the details necessarily of, a, of your specific plan. You don't have to, but you can talk about the, the situation, the story. You can give enough general information to provide context to help others, others' awareness, right? And also, you know, it takes from, I don't like the word both, I don't like the phrase both sides, but it really literally takes the person inquiring about money and the person with the knowledge. Have that dance, have that understanding where you're providing them something and they're gaining something, right? It's a give and take. However, if you keep it at a surface level, I think that's fine. It's not bad. It's not the end of the world. I think it it's super helpful to at least start the conversation. Um, so what do you guys think? I literally think, um, you know, all the stuff I just provided, but what do you think about your own situation? Do you have money conversations? Or are you afraid to have money conversations? And if you are, follow those three questions that I posed earlier. And if you're okay with having money conversations, continue to do so. Financial literacy, I think is important. So. Good chat, friends. See you guys next week. Remember, positive energy leads to positive vibes. Don't forget to subscribe if this is your first time joining. 
No Pants Required can be found on Google Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Peace.